Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. New episode of The Call-Up. You know what we're talking about. We're breaking down the second half of this first round in our mock draft as we get closer and closer to draft day. It's July 6th. It's a Thursday? Thursday? Yeah. I'm losing Thursday. 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 Losing track of the days. Holy crap. Draft would be on the 9th, which is a Monday? Sunday. 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 All right. Hot start. Well, I'm excited to break it down with you. We, we know more about players than probably the calendar. Uh, I am very, very pumped for this All-Star Week. This will be the last one that we record, last episode we record before we go out to Seattle. We're going to be doing some stuff with some folks out there, so it should be fun. Some guys can participating in the Futures game. We're going to have some nice conversations with them. Those will, of course, be aired on here. Speaking of conversations... Just had a great one with Kobe Mayo. That will be out on Friday, tomorrow. That's an Orioles prospect that is, I think, rising as quickly as anybody in in baseball. He was a top 100 for us before the season. I think Prospectus was the only other to have him in the top 100, but I think he'll be consensus by the end of this year and will be well inside our top 50 here. But Jack, before we get into the second half of this mock draft, we'll rehash on the first half, but more importantly, I tweeted out a Mason win home run yesterday because it was hit very hard and it was a really nice swing. That's the Cardinals prospect, of course. And the other reason I tweeted it out was that your silky smooth voice was on the call. You got to see Mason win in action yesterday. Um, I, I feel like he's slid under the radar a little bit in terms of just conversations. I'm not saying in terms of like, 
rankings yeah. or anything like that. But, you know, he's not going nuclear because he's being challenged as, as much as any prospect is being challenged right now as a 21 year old. He was 20 years old at season start in triple A. Um, this is one of the youngest guys you're going to see at that level, if not the youngest all year long. And uh, you came away impressed. So I have now been at the ballpark to watch him take infield and BP for two days. I'm going to go for a third today. Um, and let me tell you, like Memphis does as close to a full IO as I've seen, <laughs> like they do full infield. They've done it twice now in the first two days. And I have had a great time watching Mason win. And I love the point that you bring up because Win has, I think for the last year and a half been the Robin to Jordan Walker's Batman. Like yeah. it's all, it's been all about Walker, but now Mason Wynn is like, the far and away top guy in Tink hence left in that Cardinals organization. Yeah. Top position and, player far and away though. Yeah. Far and away. And, and when being, I, I think he just turned 22 actually, but he, no, he's 21. He's 21 years old. Just he's 21. a young 21. Yeah. Yeah. So like Mason Wynn, here's the thing, man, like this is my first like truly live look at him because all the road games that I've called of his I've, I've done remotely and he's impressive on TV, but I'm watching the same stuff that you guys are. But just being like around this guy and about 50 feet away from this guy and then watching him from the booth, he's a bigger dude than I think you would expect. And that's a testament to him. Like he was, you know, small and lanky, I think. And now he's starting to fill out and get very defined. Like this is a fire hydrant of a guy. And he's got some juice, man. I, I'm buying a lot of stock in Mason Wynn right now because his infield is meticulous, incredibly yeah. impressive. His batting practice is incredibly impressive. He was wearing a bucket hat that he would flip like the the lid up to look like a sailor hat for his BP round so he could see. That's it. Um, but no, his BP was awesome. And uh, in game, he has looked mighty impressive and mighty in control, too. I think this is one of the better shortstop prospects in all of baseball. I, I'm with you. And, and the things you can't teach, the arm is is an absolute rocket. It's an 80 arm, right? And uh, the numbers, you, you see a 723 OPS. You're like, okay, whatever. 16% strikeout rate for a guy that, again, was 20 years old at the season starting AAA is, is remarkable. I think he's dealt with some bad, batted ball luck. There's a guy that can motor and for whatever reason has a 291 BABIP. I generally, you you won't hear me reference BABIP too much, but when it's a fast guy who you know, he doesn't put the ball on the ground egregiously, but he 41% ground ball rate, like he, he should have a higher BABIP. He doesn't. Uh, and I do think that a large part of that is, is a little bit of bad luck because you look at some of the expected stats, they look pretty good. Uh, th this guy's extremely talented. And, and I think he's only going to get stronger. The exit velocities are very average, but as, as you mentioned, he gets into the power pretty well. Like when he gets one, he gets one. And and he also has a, just kind of a knack for being able to hit the ball in the air at, with carry. And I think we saw that with the home run that you called it. it he was not cheated at all. Um, the approach is really good. The bats of ball skills are really strong. Um, this is a guy that isn't going to have the nuclear numbers that I think would, would shove his way into top 30 prospect consideration. But you got to look at what he's doing as, as one of the youngest players in the level flashing the tools while also I mean, this is a high ceiling tooled up player that uh, really has some refinement to his game, as you mentioned. So I, I was really excited to hear that you had the same takeaways or that you, you were this excited about him, you know, from what you saw in person. And I think he's only going to get better. Uh, obviously this is a very advanced challenge for him. And 
you know, he's responded pretty well. Any any other takeaways before we get into the rest of this mock draft? Yeah, well, we're going to talk Kowser, uh real quick. Colton Kowser made his big league debut, and Kowser is a direct injection of more fun into an already incredibly fun Orioles team. But Mason Wynn burned me on a call, actually, and I want to share it with you. Like, this is one that I was like, ah, shit, I, I got fooled. I'm going to show you on YouTube. I'm going to hold it up and I'll play the uh, I'll play the audio into the microphone so you can hear it. But I Mason went like he picked up a chopping ground ball for Miguel and Duhar. And I was like, this guy's going to fucking rip it. And then it was just a, a normal throw. But here it is. I'll, I'll send you this clip. I'm like, Recepho is one one. That's a high chopper over to short Mason Wynn ready to show off the cannon. And the long throw gets him. <laughs> he he looked just... like he was geared up to absolutely rip it. To to smoke it. He fielded that ball. It was a chopping ground ball that he grabbed on the outfield grass. He double pumped and like took a crow hop. I was like, we're going to see 100 across the diamond right now. I, and then I was like, Boop. I think you can blame Andujar there because I think he was geared up to absolutely rip one. And then he saw Andujar dogging it. And he's like, ah, I can just throw this regular. <laughs> he's kind of pissed. He, I was ready to see 100 across yeah. the diamond. No, I love that. It would have been a sick call because, again, not, not a lot of play by play guys know the the whole background of the tools and all those things. And and that's a perfect example of you know how you can kind of lean into that and you know, make the call that much cooler. It would have been sick if he ripped a 100 because you would have been on a pipeline without a doubt uh, <laughs> with, with that clip. But quick on Kowser, uh we talked about him on the JB show. I, I, this is a great move to, to bring him up. It seems like the perfect time. Unfortunately, you have a Kyle Stowers who's been hurt most of the year. Now he's just kind of get trying to get his feet back under him. He's, he's, I believe, doing rehab assignments right now. Um, yeah. and, and I think Kowser can kind of fill that Stowers role exactly. Maybe Stowers is trade bait. I, I don't think that you're going to move Kowser at this deadline. And you asked me a little bit ago, would you rather move Kowser or Kerstad? I think it was a couple episodes ago. And it was a tough one. And ultimately, I said Kerstad. And I think that there's a little bit of that maybe being shown here with, with the Orioles feeling a bit more eager to call up Kowser. I do think that part of it is one Kowser can play center in a pinch Two Kowser is, I believe a better, I think more advanced hitter at this stage. His chase rates are half of, of what Colton or, or half of what cursed ads are. I mean, Kowser's chasing at a 16% clip. You have cursed ad chasing at a 35% clip. So that's one, one side of it. I think also Kowser just has a little bit more of the track record at this point of just mashing in the upper levels while Kerstad is just now making up for lost time. Kowser is going to help this team. It, it, it's that simple. I think that he can serve a similar role. I don't know if he's going to thrive as, as much as Josh Lowe is thriving because it took some time for him to get there, but I think he can serve that similar role, mostly face right-handed pitching and, and take care of business can fill in and center if, if you need it, but I don't think they'll need it. This guy's numbers against right-handed pitching, I mean, he's answered the questions left on left, but against righties, a 1,015 OPS, 20% K rate, 19% walk rate, That that's all I got to see. That's all I got to see. I do think that there's going to be a little bit more growing pains with the left on left. 923 OPS this year, though, left on left is fantastic, considering that a lot of people left him out of the top 100 due to left on left concerns. I think he's Hedge those concerns in his long-term outlook that he can be competitive or at least league average left on left, which is all he needs to be because he's fantastic against righties. But in terms of helping a playoff team right now, what he can do against righties helps a playoff team right now. 
and he's dynamic. Yeah. And, and to, to speak farther to the left on left point, like just throwing the impact away because the impact is a whole nother conversation against lefties in Norfolk. He hit three thirteen with a four twenty four OBP. So he's seeing the ball well and he's driving it and finding grass at a 313 clip. Against righties, he was 335. He had a 470 OBP at a 1025 OPS. So, like, righties, never a concern. It's never been a concern. But the fact that he's just hot objectively and, like, is taking that momentum from mashing right-handers and turning that into a really good season against lefty bats, I mean, dude, anybody on the face of the earth is going to take a 313 clip and a 903 OPS. Oh, 100%. And, and I think you you hit a really important point here. The Orioles are in a spot where it's let's ride the hot hand. Whoever's performing, let's bring them up. Let's and they help. did it with Westberg. Let's help keep this pace, 100%. And you look at what Kowser's riding into you know, his his debut here where he, he had a nice debut. He was one for three, but he had a rocket of a line out and he walked. I don't think he could have asked for a much better game uh, at Yankee Stadium to debut, yep. but he wrote a four game stretch now where he was batting lead off and playing center for Norfolk. And in those four games had seven hits, a home run, five walks. So he was really feeling good. And I mean, he's been great all year, but I think he was just kind of kicked it into another gear over the last week. They pick up on that opportunity. They bring him up and he's a guy that's going to take his walks. He's going to run into homers. And that's exactly what they need, especially against righties. Orioles just got better. You think he goes back down? Like, here's the thing with Joey Ortiz. I think we knew that he was going back down at some point Yeah. with Westberg. We knew he wasn't going back down. Kowser might be in between. I don't think he goes back down. I think I he's going to he take goes this opportunity down. and run with it. I think that's part of the reason why they went with the more safe profile over Kerstad. Like Kerstad, there might've been some volatility. Maybe, you know, he struggles with some whiff. Although he, he did down. go, he did go bridge to left center yesterday. Did he? Yeah. Kerstad did. I, that's 408. Cool. Yeah. 108 off the bat, 408 to left center in Durham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four for four with yeah. a bomb and a walk. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. But but that said, again, translating into big league competition, I, I, I'm going to take the guy with literally half the chase rate, similar contact rates, and you know the ability to play center. So I think that's really the difference. He can help them more now. They, he, they can get him more regular at bats. And I think that's that's just the, the difference between the two. Very interested to see how they handle some of these other guys. They're going to have a 40 man crunch very soon. And, yeah. you know, we'll see what they do about that. I think at the deadline, they're going to have to really figure out who are the pieces that are a part of their future and who are the pieces that, you know, unfortunately, just because of you know how much talent they have may end up having to be trade chips, you know, in a, in a larger package for you know maybe a Dylan Cease or some other really talented players. They can put together some competitive packages yeah do you want to rehash this first round real quick we actually ended up making one change after we recorded that it just i never really care that much because mock draft is generally a crap shoot based on you know it's a crap shoot of one what you what players you think are really good two what you're hearing from what you're able to hear from teams which oftentimes can be smoke screens and then you know just a little bit of everything in between i made one little change in the back end because i i just felt like this would actually be make a lot more sense with the Red Sox pick, but we'll rehash one through 14. And one thing real quick before we get into it, there's a lot more smoke on the Dylan Cruz not going one, you know, standpoint. I think some sports books that offer uh, lines are are offering a plus 180 bet on. Yeah, on Cruz's plus money 
Yeah. Cruises plus money. I think that's mostly because more mock drafts have skeins. I just want to talk about this quickly because the way that we put it out was like, don't overthink it. It should be cruise. And I stand by that. I really do. I think that what we're seeing now, and this, this happens every year and maybe skeins does go, does go one. There's a, there's a world where it, it happens for sure. I feel like cruise the Boris client and the guy that you know is going to command the full slot value at $9.7 million. You, if you're, you know, if you're Charrington, aren't, aren't you going to at least kind of try to plant some seeds of, Hey, like we're not afraid to take somebody else. If you say, Oh, we're all in on cruise. We're not thinking about anything else. That's that you're, you're playing right into Boris. You're overslotting. You're going to give him 10. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing right into Boris's lap. So, I mean, we've seen in other instances, though, Austin Martin slides a little bit because of what he was Boris client, what Boris was kind of asking for. But also there were some red flags that I had. Maybe some other teams saw that, too. I don't think I know more than they do. So uh, that could have been a reason why, too. I think it's a little bit of posturing. I think it's a little bit of, hey, look, if you're not going to budge, we'll take one of the best pitching prospects we've seen ever. We're fine with that. Or even Wyatt Lankford. If you can save a million and change and get Wyatt Langford, I, I get it. I wouldn't do it, but I get it because that Pirates mold has worked for them. If if really like they're not budging and it's and and Boris is giving them a headache. But again, I'm not overthinking this. It's not worth the savings unless I'm legitimately saving two million dollars and Boris is giving me the biggest headache of all time, which you're not saving that with skeins. And I doubt you're saving that much with Langford. Um I'm interested to see how it all plays out a lot more at hand beyond what, what we see on the baseball field. But for me, it, I stand by no brainer. Take Cruz. Don't overthink it. Just give them the full slot and, and take the, the, the safest bet. You say a little bit of posturing. I say a lot of bit of posturing. I, mm-hmm. I think that this is almost cookie cutter. Like agent wants to demand full slot pirates want to make him feel less wanted but like we know what the pirates want we know what boris wants we know what Cruz want it, it's it's all so driven in the pattern and we've seen this with so many guys and you know like unless you're totally sold that there's a player that is comparable if not better than dylan cruz in this draft like I just don't see a world where anyone holds a candle to Dylan Cruz. Yeah, right I now. saw Kylie McDaniel said he likes Langford better than Cruz. I just I firmly disagree with yeah, that. I, yeah, I I I understand maybe from an upside perspective, if everything clicks with Langford, he's a little bit more physical, a little bit more projectable. They say he puts in better run times, but it, there's there's just a knack for hitting that is a knack for hitting. And, and there's a knack for playing center field at an elite level. Yeah. And there's a knack for swiping bags. Like everything is there, dog. Yeah. So we'll see. But the, the last thing I'll say is I think it's interesting that this was not a conversation even a month ago, really. We weren't hearing much about it. And then as we get closer and closer, so we're getting more deep into the negotiation times that precede drafts. Now all of the smoke comes through. So we'll see. To be honest, I, the order. Yeah, no, I, I think this might be a nature of the beast with the MLB draft, though, because like nobody wants to focus on it until Omaha's done. And yeah, that yeah. is exactly when the conversation started. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, like, people got to put out different mocks, I guess, you know, they, <laughs> they got to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. One is Dylan Cruz for us to the Pirates. Two, Washington Nationals take Paul Skeens. Three, Detroit Tigers take Wyatt Langford. Four, the Rangers take Walker Jenkins. To me, that should be the four and it shouldn't be much, very complicated. But yeah. 
It always is. Five, Twins take Kyle Teal. Save some money there. That was that was our assumption. Six, Oakland A's take Chase Davis. Save a ton of money. Outfielder out of Arizona. I think that could be a really interesting spot to save. I think somebody's going to use Chase Davis for savings. Yes. Seven, Reds take Rhett Louder, right-hander out of Wake Forest. Talked a lot about why we think he's easily number two in terms of arms in this draft. Some people like Dolander. I'll, I'll play the safe route with, with Rhett Louder. Eight, Kansas City Royals. They're happy. Max Clark falls right into their lap. Outfielder from Franklin Community in Indiana. That's, you know, that's a guy that has been floated at one. So that'd be a nice snag there. Nine, yeah. Rockies take Chase Dolander, right-handed pitcher from Tennessee. We, we know the skills there. Ten, Marlins save some money a little bit, maybe not as much as people would expect with Matt Shaw, likely to move to second base from Maryland, big-time power there. Eleven, Los Angeles Angels, they take the best prep arm in the draft, Noble Meyer, right-handed pitcher out of Jesuit. Then you have number 12, Diamondbacks take Hurston Waldrip. Use that pick to save some money. I think that could be an interesting spot there too. They need some arms, save some money. Good spot. 13 Cubs go with the biggest upside prepster, I think, in this range outside of the top 10. It's Arjun Damala out of Strawberry Crest, shortstop. And then at 14, this is where we switched it because the more I thought about this, the more I lean this way. Red Sox, everything I'm reading, everything I'm kind of hearing is they want the best bat college bat possible in terms of high floor and also you know a little bit of the ceiling we had jacob gonzalez mocked there initially a big part of gonzalez's appeal is the glove and you know just kind of the well-roundedness of his game i don't think they care about that as much i think they want more of the bat so we swapped it and we got tommy troy here i think gonzalez might be the better all-around prospect at this stage but tommy troy is the better bat elite bat to ball skills the more i dove into the numbers zone contact is phenomenal second baseman out of Stanford. I think that might be the pick for the Red Sox there climbs quickly, safe bat, really solid player. And can probably adjust elsewhere. Um, They have what seems like the middle infield of the future uh, coming up in Marcelo Meyer and Nick York, both in double. Uh, And then you've got the middle infield of the present right now with, uh, you know, Trevor story, Yu Chang, Kike Hernandez, Bobby Dahlbeck. Tons of traffic to yeah, work through, yeah. uh, for Tommy Troy to surpass Bobby Dahlbeck as the future shortstop of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, you forgot Alberto Mondesi too. Yeah, true. Mondesi is he healthy? No, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> out for season, I believe. Damn. Uh, Fifteen, and this is kind of where it's this is going to be college range for for most of these these next few picks, but a couple high schoolers mixed in. Fifteen, the Chicago White Sox. They. I have a swap value here, 4.4 mil. I, I really think when you have a system like the White Sox, a couple of their top offensive prospects have been banged up all year, which which stinks. You know, I love Brian Ramos. I love Colson Montgomery. Um, but, you know, those guys have been kind of a lost year for them. They went pitching last year. I love the, the Noah Schultz pick. He looks really good. But I think you got you got to hit with this pick here, especially with where the White Sox are at. They're going to make some trades. They're going to replenish the farm. And I think you got to nail this draft to, to try to – expedite this this rebuild process i think you go safe here and i think you get a safe bat with Braden taylor third baseman tcu defensively a bit limited but this isn't like a jacob barry situation i think he's more athletic than jacob barry in the field and i like the bat more than jacob barry uh, who the marlins took at number six last year how would you feel as a white Sox guy because you're you follow the team more closely than i do taylor is someone that could go in the top 10 could be an underslot guy for sure in the top 10, but I don't think you'd save that much. 
I think he'd be full slot here for the White Sox. And I think the White Sox would be happy if he fell into their lap. Yeah, man, I like it. Like, who is the college bat that you have in the system working its way up right now? Like, I I don't think Literally, there is one. It, it's starved for one. That's an excellent point. You know what I mean? So like the guys that you are hoping, you know, turn a corner in this system position player wise, uh, Brian Ramos, that was an IFA guy. Colas is up. Colson Montgomery, high school draft pick. Jose Rodriguez, IFA guy. Lenny Sosa, IFA guy. Like there's nobody that screams safe, high floor college bad. Vaughn is already there. Sheets is already there. Like those are the guys that they took and they're already up there. Yeah. Um, are they really good? Not particularly, no, but, but you need, pieces. but you need some of these guys to add to the fold. Braden Taylor, I really like 184 games at TCU, not only 48 pumps, but 39 for 40 in the stolen base department. So this guy's a nice blend of power and enough speed and a high efficiency base dealer. Efficiency doesn't really go away. Some guys get faster. Some guys get slower. But in terms of base running acumen, if you got it in college, you're going to have it in the big leagues. Uh, and I think that Braden Taylor is a guy that, you know, may have a, a tapped ceiling. Like it, it may be a lower ceiling than some others in this White Sox organization already. But that floor, you got to add. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's I think there's a fun offensive ceiling here is a guy that has a decent field to hit slightly above average, above average exit velocities can motor a little bit. Like you mentioned, maybe you put him in the outfield. There's a few other spots you can put him, but the bat is, is what you take here. And I feel like this is a bat that's going to climb pretty quickly. Struck out around 18% of the time, hits the ball in the air consistently. Chase rates are palatable. It's just a solid snack here. A good left-handed bat. Yeah. hundred percent. Moving on to the next pick. A couple guys that we had slide. We had two Jacobs slide and they're going to go very soon here. 16 San Francisco Giants take Jacob Wilson, shortstop from Grand Canyon. This is a tough guy to peg because I I do think that he's going to slide. I think it's very possible he slides, but that slide could also manifest its way into not necessarily sliding where you're selected, but sliding with your slot value. Because if he thinks, oh, okay, I'm, I'm starting to realize I might not get taken in the top 12, top 13 picks. Maybe someone calls it at number 11 and says, hey, will will you sign for this? And they take him. So maybe he's not there. But I do think that there's a world where if he stays steady on the slot value, he wants the full slot. I think teams may go other directions. They may be concerned about the upside here and and they go with somebody else. Wilson, I think this is kind of the floor-ish. I would say right around 16 to to 18 is the floor for the the two Jacobs. you can't deny the numbers. He doesn't swing and miss ever, like ever. I think I'm sure you have the strikeout numbers in front of you. The exit velocities are are very underwhelming, and, and that is something I'm concerned about. I mean, below average exit velocities with metal and 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 in a very hitter friendly environment that doesn't impact exit velocities, but does impact power. There wasn't much power. He very much needs to go to his pull side for that power. Pete Flaherty put me on to. Jacob Wilson a little bit more when we had him on uh, because he seems to be a little bit higher on him. Uh, there is projection here. He's 6'3", 185, 190. So maybe he can put on some more muscle, but I feel like the San Francisco giants would be happy to get a, a really solid high floor player college bat here at, th- at this point in the draft. If he falls to them. He played 48 games with grand Canyon this year, last 38 games. How many times do you think he struck out? One. 
one. He had a two. He had a two strikeout game against Texas State on March seventh. That accounted for forty percent of his strikeouts. Yeah, one hundred and ninety-two plate appearances. This cat struck out five times. Now, might I tell you that he also walked nineteen times? So he doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. He just slaps the ball around in a middling conference in college baseball. That's my concern. That's scary. Like I, I just, I'm with you. Um, you know, 400 is 400. I get it, but like, in the whack, I don't Look know. Look at what how Nick Gonzalez did out there. Yeah, like Nick was just objectively better than this, and and it's crazy to say that you know objectively better, but like he was, man. It, it, do you have Nick, Nick Gonzalez? Nick had numbers? some growing growing pains in 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 professional ball. You know, like there's it. it that's the thing is like our team's going to be a little bit, that was a concern around Nick Gonzalez and it, you know, seemed to be at least somewhat fair yeah. and valid. And what's ironic dude is, is Nick Gonzalez's exit velocities were relatively similar, a little bit huh. higher, slightly higher. Yeah. So, and, and he was getting into the power more better environment, but also just, just, slightly above that and just drove the ball with more authority. So it's, it's tough. It's definitely a tough one. Um, I wouldn't want to take somebody like this in the top 15, top no. 10, but at 16 falls to you. If you're the giants, I, I think you, you're cool with this pick and he, he can climb quickly. They need some more middle infield depth through the system. Uh, it, it worked well for them to, to take somebody like Casey Schmidt who flew up very quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is still someone's going to take him around this range and the bloodlines teams love that. And and I just can't see him sliding much further than this, but I definitely see him sliding. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good player. I just, I'm not sure if you take somebody with this kind of profile in the top 10, I don't think this is a top 10 pick. I like where you have him in the 15 to 20 range. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next pick is the Baltimore Orioles and, and you know, they can, I feel like with where they're at, I would expect them to go high school, especially after they've gone college over the last couple of years. And like now it's just getting too busy in yeah. high A and above. I would go as much upside as I can and, and go with somebody in high school. And, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think they take either Aiden Miller or Colin Houck. We went with Colin Houck here, the, the, the true shortstop from Parkview. I think this is just one of those situations where I like calling out. I think that the Orioles draft as well as anybody. And this is just going to be them taking, I think what they perceive to be as the best player available. It's either going to be Colin Houck or Aiden Miller here. If they're both available. And I think you can't go wrong with either. Houck committed to Mississippi state, big dude, six, two, one ninety, some projection there, rocket for an arm, staying power. at short, good field to hit. I think there's some power projection. Georgia Prepster, those guys just have a higher hit rate. I think this would be a great, great snag here. Yeah, like they, they don't need anything. They have far yeah. and away the best system in baseball, and they're all in the upper minor leagues. Yeah, I like your idea of adding to the lower levels of adding, you know, one of the best complex prospects that we've got. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, man, like Holiday already knocking on the door of double is absolutely insane. Something I could see them do. Yes, it absolutely is. I could see them under slot and arm. I could see them go with like a Bryce Eldridge 
another player who's just super interesting and they can be patient yeah. with. Or like a Thomas White. Could see them go with a Thomas White. They could, the, the, the beautiful thing is, I think this is the, one of the most unpredictable teams because they're in such a fantastic spot. And they can kind of go anywhere here. Yeah. Next pick, Milwaukee Brewers. And this was part of the reason why we adjusted it too. I think Jacob Gonzalez is such a good fit for the Brewers. They mm-hmm. they could use some more middle infield depth. And I feel like this is kind of the South Freelick situation where Freelick falls because of some impact questions yeah. and eventually falls right around to this range. And it's just like, okay, th- this is a really good player. Let's just take him. And I think that's exactly what the Brewers would do here is you have Jacob Gonzalez, a perceived you know potential top 10 guy, fall into your lap, really advanced field of hits. A little bit of an unorthodox swing that I don't love, but the contact rates, you can't deny. Staying power at short kind of fits the bill of of the kind of guys they like to look for and I think can can climb pretty quickly. His game is very similar to Terang. Yes. Very similar to Bryce Terang. And they clearly love Terang. They just recalled him and they optioned Luis Arias. So I think they're looking for some depth there. Freddy Zamora just didn't work out for them. Um, I think that Jacob Gonzalez is a is a great opportunity to almost like replace Zamora or add another, you know, somewhat like backup plan to Bryce Terang. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I think Zamora is gonna fight his way into being some sort of utility piece. But you know, I think they were hoping for more than that. And I think yeah. that's a great point. Like Zamora, you're looking at him as more depth. And now, okay, who's the middle infielder that you're looking forward to? You know, maybe there's some flyers at the lower levels, but this is one where it's just like, I think they're taking the best player available, but if he happens to fit like a glove, then all, all the power, like let's do that too. Yeah. 19, this would be a blessing for the Rays. And I just feel like it's just going to work out this way. They take Aiden Miller, third baseman, who at a high school. Miller is one of the high school guys that I've been able to dig into more than than some others in terms of access, video, information, whatever. I, I don't know if he falls here. I really don't. And if he does, the Rays are going to snag him. The price tag might be a little high. But I think this is a situation where the where the Rays jump on the price tag. We've seen them not stray from power projection high school guys, even if there's some questions about the hit tool. Miller's got juice. He's got room for more juice. And I think he could grow into well above average power. Think about the guys that they've drafted. Xavier Isaac, all about the power and the power projection. Uh, y- you look at what they've got in terms of uh, their shortstop in, in, in high a where you got Carson Williams, who's power yeah. and more projection there too. I think this just kind of fits the bill for them. Some teams may kind of stray away because he's not a shortstop. He's more of a third baseman, but damn draft the bat Rays draft the bat. They did it with Isaac. I think they do it here with a guy that if he falls here, rich, get richer. Yeah, and it's already a pretty big dude in high school, too. Like, just watching the way he kind of commands himself. He was, what, the All-American Game MVP, I want to say, at Dodger Stadium last year. So, like, even at that point, when he was a junior in high school, going into his senior year of high school, he just looked like a big dude. Third base makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, we've, we've talked about how they don't need any more help. Don't care. Add the bat to the fold and see see what rises to the top, man. Yeah, and this is a team that's like again, you could underslot the arm if you wanted to, but if Miller's there, to. you're taking you're taking the bat. And yeah. and I think that they've been in on him. So that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. 20, 
this is another team that I think that they got to they got to drill this one. They do, and I think that's why they go college bat. And we have the Toronto Blue Jays taking Yohandi Morales, third baseman out of University of Miami. This is a bit of a slide for for Yo Yo Yo. I love the nickname Yo Yo. A little bit of a slide for him. I think there's some red flags in the profile that that will uh, will cause some very, I would say, very model driven teams to maybe stay away or or let him you know let him fall a little bit. But if you're the Blue Jays, you can get I think the highest upside college bat here. If it's not him, it's Nolan Shanwell. But I think I think in terms of power projection, Morales Morales is a freak. He's six four two twenty. And wiry still somehow. Like there's yeah. more in there, but he's aggressive. There's a bit more whiff than I'd like to see, but that might be a, a byproduct of the aggression. 30% chase rate this year in the ACC, but the dude almost hit 400. Yeah. Right? What, was it 393? No, he hit 408. Oh, he hit 408. So I'm missing a couple of games here. I mean, that plays. So this is probably the floor for Morales. I could see a team getting excited and snagging him, but the Blue Jays. I think they'd love to to get somebody a, a solid college bat in the fold here with Morales. They've gone high school arms recently. I think this would be a nice a nice change of pace. I was going to ask you like model driven organizations maybe concerned by some red flags. Like what are those red flags? Is it just the whiff? I think it's I think it's a little bit of the whiff. It's a little bit of the aggression, and then you know is where is he going to play? And yeah, I think he can get by at third, but he's big. He might slow down a step. But at the same time, you've got and also the ground ball rate, excuse me, 50, yeah. 50 plus percent ground ball rate. And so, in college, you shouldn't be doing that. No. And I think the levers are long and it, it, that can cause him to kind of get get a little stuck to a it little bit, yeah. and, and kind of roll over it or get in and out. I think aggressive hitters tend to have higher ground ball rates, too, because you're 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 putting B swings on balls that you shouldn't be swinging at. I think with the right tweaks, this guy could go nuclear, but there's some risk here uh, for a college bat. That's why I think back half of the first round is a perfect spot for him. And the Jays, they need to hit this. So you could go with this. You could go safer. Like remember Bradfield's still on the board. They yeah. could go Bradfield, but I think Morales makes, makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. I think he makes a ton of sense, especially with, I mean, like again, Hey, do you account for big league talent and all that? Like with Chapman coming off and, and likely commanding a higher price point than you're going to give him. If you plan on extending Bichette and, and Guerrero soon, um, I, I think that you probably want to add more of that to the fold than speedsters in the outfield because you can find speedsters in the outfield. They just traded one yeah. in Samad Taylor at last year's deadline to get a 34-year-old speedster in the outfield that somehow weaseled his way onto the all-star roster. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I think I think they would jump at the opportunity to add some juice, and, and they can do it here, especially with Barger. Is Barger their best hitting prospect by a good bit? I would say probably at this Arelvis Arelvis has kind of had this nice resurgence, which is, which is cool to see, but I think you just, their system's so weak that, and, and they've drafted bats recently, or excuse me, drafted arms recently yeah. at a closer get, proximity, add bat. another, add another bat with a little bit more proximity and, and, and go with that for sure. Next pick is a team that, you know, they're, they're struggling at the big league level. We just talked about, about Mason Wynn though, and and what they've been able to do draft wise, and I think they drill the draft. I think they're not afraid of volatility, but they seem to find the volatility that pans out for them. Uh, I think it's a little bit of of scouting and a little bit of development, and I think this is a perfect spot for Bryce Aldridge to go at twenty one. 
And the St. Louis Cardinals, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Right around the range where they were able to convince Jordan Walker to forego his commitment to Duke, which was a very strong commitment. Remember, both parents went to Ivy League schools. Duke is a wagon. He wanted to go there. It, it took a lot. It took a high price tag. So I think how about Car- how about the bomb that he hit on Wednesday? Oh my gosh, dude! The the one the one to go ahead against the Marlins. Yeah, top nine. I mean, dude, you know I'm a, I'm a Marlins fan, and like I watched that, and I was like, I was pumped. That was like cool. That was um, so that cool. was that was electric. He looks really good. He looks really comfortable, and I'm pumped for him. But remember, Jordan Walker, legitimate pitching prospect. Mason Wynn legitimate pitching prospect, Alec Burleson, legitimate pitching prospect that ended up kind of being lesser of a pitching prospect as he got closer. But I do think that they like these multifaceted athletes and Eldridge is a guy that wants to do both. He might do both, but I think the Cardinals like drafting guys where it's like, all right, let's see what you're better at. You can try and do both. If you want, if one falters, we'll go one direction and pick the best one. And I feel like they like doing that. Um, So I think Eldridge is a perfect fit. I think this is right around the range where he could get taken. He could get taken a little bit earlier. Uh, and they like to go with the big upside, full price tag high school guys. And I think this is a perfect spot to do it. And and they're hitting on him, like you're talking about. Like Walker, I think Jordan Walker was immediately full bat, full steam ahead with the bat. Mason Wynn, like yes. they gave him some opportunities. Like I think he closed a game out in yeah. high A when he first I, I tweeted a video of it, of him throwing like 99 and, and closing a game out. Yeah, so I... Eldridge is being tabbed as the Shohei Otani of this prep class. We got to stop tabbing. We got to stop doing Shohei that. Man. Of. We got to stop um, doing that. But he does have legitimate two-way aspirations. I think, uh, I think Eldridge is, is pretty close to Reggie Crawford with what I've, I've dove into in that regard. Like Reggie Crawford is a guy that can, you know, give you an inning out of the pen after he DHs. I think that could be Eldridge moving forward. Um, or he could turn into a right fielder with an absolute rocket. Yeah. And he's a big guy that, you know, can can turn into a great prospect. And we know like, how the Cardinals are at player development. I like the wide range of opportunity, especially to your point with the way that they develop. Um, I think that's that's perfect for, for them to snag here. Yeah. 22. I don't think you're, you're going to find a mock draft out there with with Bradfield this late. But the Mariners, they take Enrique Bradfield out of out of Vanderbilt. Bradfield's been a guy that has been discussed for a long time because of the way he hit the ground running quite literally at UVA or UVA at Vanderbilt as a freshman and has played an integral part in Vanderbilt's success since he stepped foot on campus. But I I really have a lot of concerns about the way this guy's game is going to translate to professional baseball. I know there's some projection in his frame, but you know, when is he going to start putting on some weight? He's he's going to be 22 soon. He's not the youngest guy. He's one of the older college guys, I'd say, relatively in this draft. Bats of ball skills are good. I mean, you know, 90, 89% zone contact. But the exit velocities are meh. Uh, the production this year was poor. For a guy yeah. that fast with that yeah. kind of feel to hit, how are you hitting sub 300 in, in college baseball? I know we don't draft results, but with hitters like that, I'm I'm a little concerned. I just don't know here, man. I, I th- this is a guy that at 22, I'm thrilled. At 22, I'm definitely thrilled to snag Enrique Bradfield. This is more, I think, me justifying us having him fall to 22 here to the Mariners, who have several picks, I, and they can give him. You know, if he's like, I'm only taking an over slot because I should have been drafted earlier. They can do that. 
I just, I just don't know. There, there's, it just seems there's something that rubs me a little bit the wrong way. He struggled on the Cape in a limited sample there. I'm just waiting for the results. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting too. And my thing is like, I guess I would be a little bit less concerned about the 279 if this wasn't far and away his worst year of college ball. You know what I mean? Like, at, at, he was caught at a ridiculous rate compared to what he did. He was 46 for 46 in 22. He was 37 for 44 in 23. How do you get caught like that? He was also the focal point of the offense this year. I'm not sure that he was last year because he shared that lineup with Spencer Jones and Dominic Keegan, who were each 1,100 OPS guys. So I think that he was probably given more stuff to hit, which is why he was at 317. This year, like Vandy, yes, they won the SEC tournament, but they were not the class of the SEC like they are every single year. Yeah, Bradfield was the guy in this lineup. And I think that if college pitching staffs can game plan for you and hold you to a 280 clip. Yes. He got on base at over a 400 clip, but if they can game plan for you and hold you to 280, I'm concerned about your ability to hit in pro ball, where it is literally these pitchers full-time jobs to figure out how to get you out. And my, my other concern is he's, he's passed like borderline passive. He doesn't expand the zone, which is fine when you're <clears throat> that kind of athlete that can get on base and, and, and make things happen. One of the lowest chase rates in, in power five, but, Guys are going to come right after you, especially when they know you can't, you know, you're not much of a threat to leave the yard. So what do you do when they come right after you? Can you consistently put the ball in play and spray it? Maybe. And I mean, there's a world where this guy's a a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah. But I think there's too many concerns to to have him in the top 15. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know the Mariners would be ecstatic to get him here at 22, though. Yeah, for sure. 23. Cleveland Guardians go with a bat. Nolan Shenwell. Florida Atlantic University, this dude's numbers are video game. And I, I know it's not the best conference in the world out there with, with the Owls, but it's 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 still good competition. And Shanwell can just hit. He simply can just hit. It's a really sweet swing from the left side. Yes, he's a first baseman, but I feel like for the Guardians here, so many middle infielders, they always hit well on those guys. They do great with the pitching. But this is just an opportunity to take a really sound bat who can climb quickly. And I think a lot of teams will be targeting in this range. The Yankees have been rumored to be in on Shanwell. I could see several of the teams in this range wanting Shanwell. Guardians, I think, jump in and make the selection here for a guy that barely whiffed and and has some sneaky pop. That's the thing. I, I Is it sneaky? He hit 19 homers this year. He slugged 868. Yeah. I know uh, Conference I USA. I, I know he's seeing, but I, I don't even know who Conference USA is, uh, Western Kentucky. Like for, for guys that are seeing Western Kentucky and UAB, um, Shanwell dominated. And, you know, if you're worried that he doesn't fit the Guardian mold, yes, he does. He punched out 14 times in 289 plate appearances. He walked 71 times, by the way. So you know that you immediately get discipline. They traded their two plate discipline juice guys in Will Benson and Nolan Jones, both of which are working out pretty well. Will Benson working out really well in Cincinnati. So I think that the Guardians may be kicking themselves for getting rid of Will Benson. And uh, they could be looking at a a Benson type replacement here. He's not as physically gifted as Will Benson, but the profile seems, I don't know, loosely similar to Will Benson. And if you want to talk about competition. This is kind of fun. 
small sample size theater, but they played, he played six games against the university of Miami and university of Florida. How many home runs do you think he hit in those six games against the university of Miami and the university of Florida? Three, seven. He hit seven of his 19, three in one game against UF, which was the runner up, you know, like this is a, this is a good team. Um, yeah. That plays. That will absolutely play. And is it their A team? Maybe not, but it's, it's good competition. So, yeah. yeah, he performed against good competition. He performed, I think, pretty much everywhere. Decent numbers on the Cape. Not phenomenal, but decent. That's fine. Um, and talk about the guy that everyone's game planning for. You're game planning for Nolan Shanwell if, if, you're, if you're playing Fort Atlantic University. And he's still at a 615 OBP. And they've produced plenty of, of legit talent. Uh, in, in professional baseball and up into the big leagues at Florida Atlantic. So uh, yeah. d- don't sleep on the owls over there in Boca Raton. 24, Atlanta Braves take Thomas White, left-handed pitcher out of Phillips Academy in Massachusetts. White's going to be a popular name. I think he's the top left-handed pitching prospect uh, prep-wise in this in this class. And mm-hmm. might be the best Southpaw period. Am I forgetting somebody? Is there a college Southpaw I'm forgetting? Um... Not that I can think of. No, I don't think so. So, I mean, White, White's got a really good field to pitch. I know the Marlins have been in on him a little bit. Uh, that's a guy that that they're interested in. Uh, but, you know, I think they need to go with the bat. White's been up to the mid-90s, I think up to 96. Uh, as a 6'5 lefty at 18 years old, he's kind of fit fits with the same mold of like Brandon Barrera and some of those guys that were kind of picked in this range. The Braves have continuously taken those arms, you know, in this spot for the most part. And I think this is a, a spot for the Braves to kind of flex their muscles, take probably the highest upside arm remaining here between him and Charlie Soto and just roll with a really good southpaw here that I think they've done a great job developing prospects, period. And this would be probably the highest upside prospect they've drafted in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Now, the other lefties that jump here are Cameron Johnson, who is another high school lefty, uh, and then Joe Whitman, Joe Whitman, a uh, lefty from Kent State that I really like. I had the chance to call one of his games. Oh, nice. Um, but, yeah, now I I like this pick, and I don't know. They could use some high-ceiling guys. They could use some arms. Yeah, I mean, they they get the most out of so many other guys. They'll cook in the other rounds, but let's swing for the fences here, Alex Anthopoulos. And I, this is – a guy that already has a good feel for a breaking ball has mixed in some change-ups. White could be special. Again, I, I could see the Marlins underslotting him at 10. Like that wouldn't surprise me, which I wouldn't mind that either. Even though they need bats, I could see uh, a team like the Brewers taking him. I could see a team like the Angels taking him. He I could see Baltimore. Any, this, I could see, see Baltimore. This is a, this is a guy that could range anywhere from 10 to, to 25 to 30. Um, So it should be really interesting to see where Thomas White lands. Moving on to pick number 25, the San Diego Padres. They go a bunch of different routes. They'll probably do the right thing because they draft so well. They've continuously drafted well. We have them taking Ralphie Vasquez, first base slash catcher. And I think some teams may stay like stray away because high school catcher and what comes with that, you know, that territory. This kid's from Huntington Beach, California. He is really impressed on the high school circuit out there. He's really advanced for a high school bat. And I think this is just going to be one of those where AJ Power sees an advanced high school swing, a guy with big time projection, and you know has a chance to stick behind the dish. You hope he does, but 
kind of lets the concerns about that, you know, allow him to steal a guy in the back half of the first round that can really swing it and, and has a lot of upside. Yeah, even if he doesn't, Velasquez is cut from a, a similar cloth to Xavier Isaac. Um, he doesn't have like the juice that Xavier Isaac has, but this is around the point where the Rays, you know, made the grab of Isaac. This is around the Tristan Casas point. Um, like you're hoping that he just turns into one of those guys that is a true first baseman uh, or a Soderstrom guy that is catching and you're just waiting for him to move to first. But the bat plays at any level and it continues to elevate him. Southern California is a tough place to hit if you're a high school hitter. And uh, this guy, from from the numbers that I've found on Max Preps and other places, uh, he figured out how to hit in Southern California. It, that's the thing. Feel to hit for a big dude, power projection. Man. They aced Merrill. They've aced, they aced Wood. Snelling. And I like Vasquez. They aced Snelling as a pitcher. I really like Velasquez, and I, that's part of the reason why I think they take him, just because I'm like, if it's a guy I'm high on that I think will, that'll do well, I'm going to mock him to, to the teams that I think nail those kinds of players. Uh, or I'm wrong, <laughs> so we'll see. But I, I like that. I love that pick there for them, and that should be a really fun player. 26, the New York Yankees take a somewhat hometown kid. Doesn't totally count, but I'm sure his family grew up a Yankees fan or something. Yeah. Sammy Stefora, shortstop from Cortland, New York. That's closer to where you and I went to school than to New York City. But yeah. you know that it's easier for them to get out there and see him. The, the Yankees have been tied to him. They have seen plenty of him. This is one of the helium guys that I don't think was seen as a first-round guy going into June and now has really aced some workouts, really good tools, good wheels. They're saying potentially plus plus run times, good arm, staying power at short. And the bat is, you know, the competition in the Northeast is not great, but I think you're seeing the bat come along. I think the swing from what I've been able to see looks pretty good. And there's a lot of room for projection physically. This just seems like a Yankees pick here. Yeah. They took the Jersey kid in Volpe. Why not do it again? <laughs> yeah. All and, right. and, and he's acing workouts. They've probably gotten a lot more in-person looks at him than maybe some others, given that he's, you know, in their neck of the woods. Yeah. I think this could be a, a snag for them. I think Cashman loves the narratives. And I mm -hmm. think that this is an excellent narrative where he probably grew up a Yankees fan and he's got a photo of him at Yankee stadium, you know, holding a sign that says Yankee fan today. His tomorrow, favorite player forever. was Derek Jeter. We'll bring him back out again when he debuts. I'm sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of narratives, Jack, one of my favorite narratives has been the Philadelphia Phillies taking arguably the top prepster every every year in terms of pitching. And yep. they could take one of the top prep arms here, Charlie Soto, a right-handed pitcher out of Florida. And also they took a guy out of Florida and Andy Painter. Uh, yeah. Soto's out of Kissimmee, so a little bit further north. Really hated tournaments out there, by the way. Hottest place on earth. Yeah. Swampland. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just landlocked too. You're in an oven. Um, yeah. I used to, I, my shoulder used to usually, it always hurt, but it used to hurt a little extra when we had the Kissimmee tournament in summer ball. I mean, gotcha. uh, yeah, I need to turn him off and I, it's, it's flaring up, um, gotcha. but Soto pitched out there. It's hot. Uh, and, and he's probably got, you know, all the athleticism in the world, but no, seriously, the, the fastball is electric. He's six, four, 200 pounds. One of the younger guys too, he's still 17 years old on draft day. I think there's there's more room in that arm for I think upper 90s as he continues to to you know fill out and just get stronger. The Phillies they need to go upside. The system's kind of starved. I'm sure Dombrowski's going to subtract from it. You just saw Griff McGarry, didn't you? Um, 
recently? No, no, no. Who did you see recently? No, you saw Gordon Graceffo. I always mix those. You saw Graceffo. And they're opposites, yeah. which is so funny. But Griff McGarry, kind of volatile guy, has kind of stalled out a little bit. I think that Charlie Soto adds, you know, another just really exciting arm into the fold. You got Abel, you got Painter. Now you add Soto into here. I, I, I would love them to take the top prep arm. I could see them go with a bat here, but I think this is the best player available. And he happens to be a guy at, at a spot that they like to draft a lot. Yeah. The, the pencil stash is in with Charlie Soto. Uh, he committed to it fully. Ooh, so it. I can appreciate a high school kid with a pencil stash. And that's what, that's what Charlie Soto has going on. There we go. I love that's it. my deep. That's my deep cut analysis of Charlie Soto. Next up, we got who do we got? 28th pick Houston Astros. Last one of the first round. Last one in the first round. And then, you know, since we're already going long, I'll just highlight a couple of my favorites that we have labeled in the compensation round um, of, of a couple of the teams that we said we're saving for their pick. Might as well highlight who we have them using the savings for. But mm-hmm. I, this is a spot where you could go a lot of different different routes. I think Astros go with a prepster this year. They went college last year. They're kind of all over the place. I think they really just go. This is a model-driven team, too. I think they just go with the shortstop Walker Martin from Easton, Colorado. Not a lot of Colorado guys that you see out there, but this is an area where you find an underscouted player that they they may like more than others, and Martin's got a lot to like. And again, these kind of underscouted players can be steals or or it could backfire. A lot of times ends up being steals, and Colorado has not produced a lot of professional talent. Um, that's that's for sure. But I think this guy's really impressed on on the showcase circuit. He's really impressed against high level competition. It's fifties to fifty fives across the board, and it just seems like the kind of player that I could see the Astros snagging here in the at the end of the first round. Yeah, no, I mean it, it looks like he already has a really good build too. It's six two buck ninety and like a chance to grow a little bit more. So uh, I I can appreciate big bodied shortstops and. If the bat is is as good as what you know people are saying late, uh, this this can be a great pick. So real quick, we'll fly through the, the rest of them without breaking them all down. You can add on who you want to add on, Jack. But Mariners are back to back picks here. I, I think that if Bradfield falls to them, one of these two prepsters that we have going to them is probably not going to work. Um, mm-hmm. But I could see them going under slot with the first pick and then going over slot with one of these two or they could underslot one of these two picks because they have 29 and 30, one from J-Rod and then one of the compensation picks. Blake Mitchell, catcher from Sitton, Texas. A lot of people are really getting excited about him and what he can do. I think if they can you know, meet his price tag, that's a guy that, that could go there. And then we had 30, Kevin McGonig- McGonigal. It's so hard for me to say that one. I don't know why. Shortstop yeah. slash second baseman from Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not sure what their price tags are going to be. Odds are it'll be hard to get all three, but I do think they can snag one of those two guys uh, with just the amount of money that they have to play with, with three first round picks, essentially. I've heard excellent things about Kevin McGonigal as a high school hitter. So this would be a great candidate in the comp round. And it fits kind of the mold of what they did with, with young, you know, just getting a, a really nice high floor high school bat that everyone seems to love. Yeah. 31, Rays, Colton Ledbetter, I just think that's a perfect fit for them. It's the kind of player that they look for in that range. Outfielder from Mississippi State. Great data. It's like Brock Jones again. Yeah, it's like Brock Jones, but better. I like him a lot more than Brock Jones. We had the Mets go with Josh Noth, good arm. Uh, Brewers go Brock Wilkin, third baseman from Wake Forest. That's you know kind of the opposite. They went, you know, kind of cap ceiling offensively. Now you go with the high ceiling offensively, but you know, where's he going to play defensively? Marlins user saving on Cameron Johnson, who you mentioned, left-hander from IMG. I would love 
to see them do that because they love to to go with the pitcher usually in this area with their compensation picks because they do so well developing arms. And this yeah. is a perfect spot. Get a guy with a funky slot that's up to the upper 90s. Florida kid, great spot to snag someone there. Dodgers go Johnny Farmello. I just love the bat. I think he fits the mold of, of what they look for. Tigers go Brandon Sprout. How, how fun would it be to go UF, UF? They go yes. two Gators. They've seen a lot of Sprout because they've been scouting the hell out of Wyatt Langford. Probably can save a few bucks here with Sprout. They've done well on the college arms. Uh, usually uh, the last couple of years, I love the time Madden pick. That seems to Madden looked well. awesome last night, by the yeah. way. Did he? I, he's a good, he looks really good. I think Sprout kind of similar. They like to go with the college arms. This is a solid college arm. Reds go Jack Hurley, outfielder from Virginia Tech. I think they'd be really happy for him to fall to them here. That's just the best player available. And then Oakland using their mega savings to, to take a guy that I think by the time it got to 30, people would be thinking Dylan Head, not signable anymore. First round talent. Nope. They saw, they saved a bunch of money with Chase Davis. Dylan Head, we're meeting your, your price here. Outfielder from Illinois. That's a way to maximize your your draft capital there. I think it would be awesome if they could get Chase Davis and then Dylan Head. Instantly two of the best outfielders in your system. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode. And nothing else on this mock draft. Look out for the full breakdown with the write-ups on JustBaseball.com. The mock draft should be out in the coming days. Conversation with Kobe Mayo tomorrow. Definitely excited about that. Then we'll finally do the Mariner system next week while we're in Seattle. So that should be pretty fun. Conversations with several different guys in the futures game and a lot more stuff to look out for with our coverage from Seattle. Jack, any final thoughts? I don't think so. College heavy through the first 14 and then a lot of high schoolers fill in the gaps 15 through 28 um, and some college sliders too. it. Impressive that Bradfield fell to 22, I'd say, but there are, there are some gems with high school guys that are being uh, raved about. And obviously our looks are much more limited on the yeah. high school guys than they are the college guys, but uh, I can appreciate the high school guys that we chatted about. 100%. Looking forward to draft day. We'll be doing a live stream and coverage on that as well. I saw some questions about that. Keep your eyes out for Twitter and you know we'll, we'll let you know in one of the last episodes we get in before the draft to let you know what we're doing on, the, on, on draft day. But keep your eyes peeled on Twitter and on YouTube and we'll keep you updated on that. So always thank you for listening. Look forward to talking prospects with you very soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.